0: Welcome to the Uncut Podcast. I'm Pastor Luke. I'm Pastor Cameron. And this is the Uncut Podcast, um, where we have uncut and honest conversations about faith, life, and ministry. Um, this week, we are going to pick up, I guess, kind of where we left off. Um, A little bit. Which it was last week, if you tuned into last week's episode, was all about politics, kind of politics broadly, Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, we just kind of think that there's a lot to talk about there, because it seems like over the last, oh, I don't know, um, decade (laughs) or more, or the last several election cycles, that uh, religion, uh, or particularly like, conservative evangelicals have continued to play a significant political slash demographic role mm-hmm. in uh, politics, mm-hmm. and that's its own – The considering uh, evangelicals as a demographic rather than a uh, theological distinction is its own thing that is kind of complicated and weird. icky.
1: It's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. I think that YouTube is nerfing our podcast on this episode.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> I think
1: the algorithm is hiding it because it only has 29 views.
0: Right, which is very
1: low for us. Very low. Right. Well, Normally... Especially like, with an episode that I think was full of a lot of good content. Yes.
0: Uh, well, and it's also something that like a lot of people love to talk about. Right. Yeah. So,
1: Although our subscribers are up.
0: Our subscribers are up. So we have
1: fifty subscribers now.
0: Wow! Thank you very much, Thank everybody you so who much is subscribing on, on YouTube. On YouTube, yeah, so. um,
1: huge. But yeah, only twenty nine views mm-hmm. for our last YouTube version,
0: and like two or three of those are us. So right.
1: <laughs> Just as a comparison, the the one right before that was mm-hmm. one hundred and fifty six views, which right. is. Which was a little what, bit higher. Which than was normal. like a
0: high standout for us. I think kind of average for us is somewhere in the forties, like the thirties to forty range.
1: Looks like a couple in the nineties and seventies and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But my, I am guessing that we get more listens on like Apple and Spotify we than do. we do on YouTube. Yeah, which I I kind of prefer. I prefer this. Model. Do you? Yeah. So like in the morning. If I'm running on the treadmill or something like that, I'll even stick a YouTube video up and if they have a if there's a YouTube version of the podcast that I'm listening to, I'd rather watch slash listen than just mm-hmm. listen. So I
0: I think I generally prefer to listen. Yeah. But that's also how I like to consume my podcasts. Like a really chill evening for Luke, like super, super chill, is like a podcast and like a video game that doesn't take any brain power. Mm. Like you know, like Mario or mm-hmm. something. Something with no dialogue. Run from point A to point B, mm-hmm. like jump on the mushroom mm-hmm. and and just listen and to And get big. Yeah, and get big. <laughs> Some Alice in Wonderland stuff there. Yeah. Um, and then listen to a podcast, you know. Yeah.
1: I got a text this morning from a friend who said that they listened to it yesterday. Yeah. And loved it. Thought it was thought it was a really good a really good episode. So um, and of course, we shared it all over our socials, so, yep. But I don't know, there's no rhyme or reason. No, there's
0: you know, I everybody kind of bemoans the algorithm gods. Um, mm-hmm. and it's because you know, I I think you said the other day, I don't think the algorithms want to be understood. No, so mm-hmm. um, they're a mystery. We just keep trying to do our best and put out good content and yeah, see where it goes. Right. So,
1: where. As you're kind of reflecting on what we talked about last week, what like, what do you feel like is the natural next step of the conversation mm-hmm. or maybe like anything that we need to circle back to talk about more?
0: I, I feel like maybe to me in my head, some of the like biggest topics that we didn't quite – like we approached but we didn't quite like address is the like – it's, like, the current expression of Christian nationalism. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, honestly, like <laughs> I, I kind of want to tr- talk about Christian's relationship with Trump. Mm. Like, we kind of kept it kind of vague last week. I do have, like, some—I do want to say something <laughs> specifically about people's relationship with him in particular, because I think it— Highlights something, so yeah. you know, those are kind of the. I guess that's kind of the vein I'm kind of like mm-hmm. feeling. Was there was there anything that you felt like we needed to circle back to? I don't or? know.
1: I don't know that there's anything we need to circle back to per se, uh, but I would say the general direction of Christian nationalism, at least in the in the way that it's being expressed now, I think that there may be a danger. Of misunderstanding, and I won't speak for you, but sure. of misunderstanding the, um, like the, what I think of our country mm-hmm. when it comes to talking about politics or faith. right, really, like, I think there's... There is kind of a, of a phenomena where, like, if you speak, um, I want to say negatively, but if you speak as a contrarian to a particular yeah. well-held position, mm-hmm. you're...
0: You must be the complete polar opposite right. and against. There's like, no gray.
1: Right. So if you hear us talking... Critically about the way in which um, a large, not the totality of a large swath of those identifying as evangelical Mm -hmm. Christians have, um, you know, aligned themselves with Trumpian politics, Mm -hmm. and if you don't align with that, then you. Hate America. Mm -hmm. You are an ultra liberal, and, um, and you love Joe Biden. Um, (laughs) You know, there's just no room. I think probably in the political discourse one of the things that frustrates me the most is that there's just zero room for people leave zero room for gray or yes. nuance anymore.
0: Well everything's become either or either you are for us or you are against us. Either yeah. you support me one hundred and ten percent or you are a hundred and ten percent against me.
1: Yeah. I think part and I think part of the point that I was trying to make last week was that I don't think um Jesus is particularly interested in supporting any candidate or either candidate right Who, no matter who it is that's the point i was trying to make is mm-hmm. that like you know are there are there social issues or even economic issues that christians can vote intelligently and informed upon mm-hmm. that one candidate s- um, supports more than another yeah i i think so but but I think to make the blanket statement that, like, if you're a Christian, you must vote for Trump. Mm-hmm. If you're a Christian, you must vote for Joe Biden. Right. If you're a Christian, you must vote for X, because that's what Christians do.
0: Or hold this political view. Right.
1: Right. Um, and although I do think that, like, the – although I do think that the, the particular strain of Christian nationalism – that we experience now in those who are like really, really, really super supportive of um, former president Trump's candidacy um, and his presidency when he was the president. um, I don't like, I, I think I began to notice, notice veins of like veins of that even back into George W. Mhm. You know like he was the Christian candidate on the ballot.
0: Yeah. Yep, which in you know, his his theology uh, and its in right. ar- arguably its impact on his policy decisions right were and still
1: are very very controversial. Sure. And so I remember I remember some of it then. Mm-hmm. Then I also remember some of it with President Obama.
0: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yes, and
1: particularly early on in his first presidency, right, and around the issues of healthcare, mm-hmm. like healthcare is a basic human mm-hmm. Christian or basic human right. Christians should be advocating for mm-hmm. healthcare for everyone, mm-hmm. and da 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 da. You know, and so it 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 became like a you must vote in this particular way or with this particular candidate in order to be considered um, Christian. So um, I don't – although I think it's kind of found its apex in um, in President Trump, former President Trump, um, I don't think that it's the first time that we've seen it.
0: Right. No, it's not. It's maybe it's – and maybe it's just a certain confluence that is bringing out the, like, the particular problems – as it kind of were, I guess like it's hard to kind of say, cause like our theology ought to inform our politics, but our theology is not our politics mm. or sp- some version of that line. Mm-hmm. Because it, um, like I was thinking about this earlier, like there has to be, room in your theology and your worldview for there to be Christians of other nationalities. And, and, and for like, um, America to not necessarily be like, I am not of the persuasion that America is necessarily, it might be, I don't know. Like all that, like speculation about like, um, America being one of the, important nations in the end of the world, the revelation, all that stuff we Mm -hmm. kind of talked about a couple weeks ago. I'm like, I don't know. Like, don't know when the hour is coming. Don't know that the United States will be here forever. Mm -hmm. Like I like the United States, would love it to continue to stick around. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, I guess I just like, if you zoom out your perspective to a more global perspective of believers everywhere, and a, and you let go of the assumption that, like, we—that America is God's favorite country, and that God's American, Jesus is American, right? He roots for my hometown football team. Like, if we kind of let go of some of that um, assumptions that we like to tick, like, how does that impact the way that we view our integration or the, the, theological integration into politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I,
1: you know, there's lots of different directions that we could go. Um, I think that one of the things that I have recognized over the last few years, especially is a confusion on how a christian how a person primarily identifies themselves <laughs> or maybe better said like where what what is this what what is the central feature of their identity yeah um and there is a lot of there's a lot of belief around the idea that I am a um, I am an American, and I am a Republican, I am a Democrat, I mm-hmm. am a libertarian. I am a x, y, or Z, right? whatever party I affiliate with. yeah, I am an American. I am this party. Um, I am conservative in my social policies and I am a Christian
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and Mm -hmm. the, the way in which we approach the world and the way in which we approach issues then is defined by which one of those identities is primary. Yeah. You know, and, and for many, I think that the primary identity of those professing faith in Jesus Christ has not always been as a daughter or son of God, as a citizen of a different kingdom, mm-hmm. a kingdom that Jesus says is not of this world. Mm-hmm. Right. We are not primarily Americans. Um, we are primarily citizens of heaven and children of God. And so if that is our primary identity, how does that change the way that we interact with or that we think through our relationship with any political candidate yep. or any political system? Or any political belief or position, you know, because um, we're not, we don't take any of it as just hook, line, and sinker. Yep. Um, because that's not who, that's not who we are. We are not, we are, I am not primarily an American. Right. Um, you know, similar to the way. Maybe this is a poor analogy. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if it works. Okay. Uh similar to the way that like after, I mean, you got married almost a year ago now? Yeah. Um I got married almost 20 years ago mm-hmm. now. And 19 and a half years ago, um Sherry's identity was no, is no longer like as one of her her um her family of origin, her maiden name. Mm-hmm. And we make that distinction in our wedding in yeah. wedding vows, right? right. Um, a wife will leave their family and become united to her husband. Yeah. A husband will leave his family and become united to his wife, mm-hmm. right? Um, like your parents didn't gain a daughter. Right. And Oksana's parents didn't gain a son. They both lost a daughter and lost a son. Right. You created your own family, mm-hmm. right? And it's the same, uh, I think, with... Um, I think it's the same with our faith in Jesus is that like I am via my faith in Jesus. I am no longer identified by the marks of the old world that I was a mm-hmm. part of or the old kingdom that I served. I, I no longer am a slave to that kingdom. I am, I am now a slave to righteousness as Paul says in Romans chapter 6 and 8 and I am I am a, a citizen of heaven I'm no longer a citizen of this world um but we don't think like that right yeah um our relationship with Jesus is something that informs our other identities mhm it is um is is the seasoning that we sprinkle upon the other more real important things rather than being the basis through which and by which we make every other decision um in our life
0: yeah, yeah. i like to put like a practical example on this like when i think about this i think of there's some signs that i have seen but i think of one in particular <laughs> it was a big big barn Side of the barn was painted with the American flag. Mm-hmm. And on it, on top of that flag, it was written, it says, America needs Trump and Jesus. Mm. And, you know, I don't know the intention or, like, you know, mm-hmm. what that person's, you know, internal philosophy or theology or even their intention behind that. But when I saw that, I was just like, I don't think they're not the same person. No. I <laughs> like they're, they're like, I don't, I, I feel very, or like another version of, of that sign that I've seen is like, um, signs that say like, you know, uh, God, guns, and Trump or something mm-hmm. like that. And I was, just, I, I was like, I don't, I don't feel comfortable having that be, some i i feel like it, it is not okay for jesus or god to be sharing the platform with a political candidate mm-hmm. and i it it, it bugs me mm-hmm. <laughs> um and and you know maybe you know that's not what's being in, intended to be communicated mm-hmm. but like when they're communicated side by side like that where we're synonymizing like a political candidate or a political agenda with God Mm -hmm. or with Jesus, I think we're doing something very dangerous, in my opinion.
1: What do you think it is about, and I really don't intend to make this all about Trump because I think the issue is not, the issue is not actually Donald Trump.
0: No. No. Well, yeah. Well, before we go any farther, like, I'm not saying you can't like Donald Trump. Right. I'm not saying that. No. Um, right. Like, if, like, I'm just, like, I'm just saying that, like, I, and, and I think maybe the narrative has shifted since the longer he's been in the limelight. But I remember very early on in his election, very, in his, in the first election, um, the amount of evangelical pastors who just swarmed to that campaign and to him as a candidate and were publicly endorsing him in every single platform that they could um i think that has lessened it, i don't think it's disappeared but mm-hmm. it has lessened the longer he's stayed in the limelight cuz i think i think some of his character flaws have become more and more harder to defend Mm -hmm. Um, if you think he's like the best candidate if you really agree and like his policies like or you just think he's you know the best candidate out of bad choices like whatever if you like him that's fine i'm simply just saying i think i'm trying to kind of be a corrective to the place where trump is kind of sitting uh he's sharing the stage with jesus a little bit yeah or it's or it's becoming, well, if you follow Jesus, then the only de facto conclusion is that Trump or right. conservative or right. however
1: you want to frame it. What do you think it is about – and I, I, I wanted to ask the question, but I wanted to qualify it with it's not even really about Trump. At mm-hmm. least it's not for me. I think it's about the way in which Christians process their identity in a political world. Yes. Um, but – what is it that you think about can a candidate like Trump that was so magnetic for the Christian population?
0: Oh man, I, I think I think we want like I think we want heaven on earth on our terms. Like I I like we I think we've begun to confuse like You know, I don't know. I I guess, like, part of me thinks that we've begun to confuse uh, political activism, or, like, I think the the line between religion and politics has become so blurry, or the concept of, you know, God's kingdom not necessarily meaning America has become so blurry that we think, like, the end is coming. Mm -hmm. Like, when because I I don't remember when this happened, but there was at some point where, like, oh, maybe it was when Trump won the re-election race, and the amount of people who were, like, the, like, they were catastrophizing it. It was like, this is the worst possible thing to have ever happened. It's the end of all things. It's, like, awful, right? And I'm just like, is it? Like, is this the... Worst thing that could potentially happen Isn't God still in control At the end of the day Doesn't God still Like the Bible says over and over That God plays a hand In the rising and falling Of kings and kingdoms Like At the end of the day Can't I go home and rest That God's got Got it Mm -hmm. And that My Or that like You know Whether things are going the way I think they should or not Like Aren't we gonna be okay Mm Mm-hmm don't know if that really answers the question because i don't i don't really know exactly maybe i don't have a big enough perspective to see what has happened in the hearts and minds that we've we've so quickly gotten kind of um sidetracked by politics
1: yeah yeah i guess my question was really more about like what exactly was it about his messaging about his policies Uh, about his like that he quickly became the only viable candidate for christians to vote for
0: i think it was like he he trump didn't try like a lot of politicians will try and kind of be friendly enough that the like less hardcore conservatives could say oh well i Kind like the people who are kind of independent, right? The people who kind of swing, right? And then you try and be kind of moderate. And by being that, you hopefully kind of capture enough people from both sides, you even maybe pull a couple Republicans who are maybe not happy with any of their candidates or something like that. But Trump just went straight towards being like very clearly divisive Mm -hmm. or very partisan, I should say. Like, he's uh, not yeah. a guy who's reaching across the aisle, necessarily. Yeah,
1: no, I think maybe in, to say it another way, he was very clear about what he believed. hmm And what he thought. Yes. He was not, he did not give the political pat answer that tried to pander to segments of both sides. Yes. He just was, like, in a lot of cases, harshly. Saying what he thought, yeah. what he felt, whatever yeah. came to his mind came out of his mouth. Yeah,
0: type of thing. There's, and, and I think, and I think some of the kind of the rawness of his energy and like the uncut kind of like he just says what he thinks, kind of mentality, and some of that what it, what he's saying being somewhat angry and being insensitive and politically incorrect really spoke to. Um, a large segment of America that I think feels like their voice isn't heard. Yep. I don't know if you've been paying attention. I, it's not like I listen to a ton of country music, but um, mm-hmm. if you, in the last month yeah. or so, there's been a lot of um, country country songs hitting the top of the charts and staying there, and they are particularly angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or And they have a lot of like, um, there was an mm-hmm. internet, YouTube viral one that went up. Uh, I think it was called, um, uh,
1: Richmond, North of Richmond,
0: Richmond, North of Richmond. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another one, um, that I don't remember cause I'm not, I don't listen to country music. There was another one that, uh, I listened to the lyrics and watched the music video and it's very violent. Um, mm-hmm. and barely, it's a very threatening and angry song at the end of the day. um, And I'm like, that is the demographic of America that is angry. That feels like, because of urbanization, more population lives in the largest cities of America than live in the country, but there's more, like, that disparaging meant of, like, there's people out in the country, and then there's people in the city. The city tends to be liberal, country tends to be um, conservative. Like, excellent example is our state, New York. New York, liberal, right? No, I mean, New York City, I should say. New York City. City, liberal, and well, and then you look at the rest of New York, which is a massive state, by the way. It's almost entirely conservative, very much so.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then, but then, where does our state legislature and our voting go during election season?
1: It all goes. All,
0: all goes liberal. Mm-hmm. But you have this massive swath of people who like are like, we live in this state. We feel like we may take up this massive land portion. Yep. And because there is a city, like if that if New York City was not in our state, our politics, our policies, the way things like the amount of red tape and infrastructure and the way the government's run in the state will look very different if you just annexed New York City out of our state. And let n- the rest of New York State do what it wants to do, and let New York City do what it do- wants to do. That city is kind of like driving, and that's a really disempowering and frustrating experience for everybody in the rest of the mm-hmm. state who doesn't agree with the way that cities pushing and pulling things, mm-hmm. and that's the way the rest of the country feels too. Like mm-hmm. this frustration, and so, and and then also there is just that, like you know you go rural and you're going to encounter people who are more culturally christian
1: yeah 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 I think that there's a lot of truth to that i think the i think that there is a fairly silent but growingly verbose majority of people who feel forgotten and unrepresented mm-hmm Feel like they have no voice, and feel like some in some ways that Trump is the anti-establishment yeah. type of candidate, mm-hmm. and that they he represents kind of like the anti-Washington um, drain the of, swamp yeah type of mentality right. yeah like make America America's not great anymore it's because of politicians Mm -hmm. let's drain the swamp and make America great great again. again. Yeah. Um, And so there's been this growing sense of like um, disfavor and disgruntledness in, in that demographic. And I think what they, what the, what those who really support Trump express is that this is a candidate that sticks up for real Americans,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know? Um, and I, and I, you know, like taking all of that at a very surface level, I would really pro- personally probably agree,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, that like, um, there, all of those things are, are probably pretty true. Um, the question then, for me, comes back to a little bit of what, what we talked about last week: is all right, um, is is or should be the primary voice, motivation, speech of Christians? Should is that where we should be expending our energy? Mm-hmm. Like, is our energy best? Spent in joining a chorus of disgruntled people to call for the heads of those who have subjected the country and align ourselves with a candidate that just shares that common, that common like voice or theme perspective or perspective. Yeah. Um, I think in some ways we um, unwittingly put ourselves in an enslaved position to a system of the world that we're mm-hmm. not really meant to um, engage in that way. Right. You know, like, well, well, Trump stands up for religious freedom. Um, okay. Do, do I appreciate religious freedom? Of course, I appreciate religious freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, um, do I believe that it is the government that allows me to worship God? No. Right. Right? No. Um, and so do I need a political candidate to protect my religious freedom so that I can continue to be a Christian? Uh, uh, no. Right. not Not at all, you know? Um, I will be a Christian because a Christian is just not something that I do because I'm American right. and because I can, you know? Um so, I feel like it for me it's a little bit like okay, yeah, we Christians, we love Trump because he tells it how it is. Like is that a Christian value? Is that a biblical like Christ-centered value that we want to that that's that's our reason? That's the reason? <laughs> Is that, you know, like we're going to follow Trump because, um, America was founded on God. I don't know how many times I hear people say that. I'm like, Oh yeah. Um, America was founded on God and, and Trump tells it how it is. And he's getting, trying to get us back to God. And I'm just like, um, no, you need the Holy spirit to get you back to God. Mm -hmm. Like you. Right. Um, If you're waiting for someone else, Trump, Obama, George Bush, Joe Biden, whomever, right? If you're waiting for someone else to- Enact
0: the correct policies that you think will make this a more God-blessed, honored nation, nation. Right?
1: You are avoiding the work of personal holiness, you're avoiding the work of personal holiness, um, hoping that once your candidate is in office, everything will be right again in the world or the nation. Right. Um, and so, because we think that, then it's like a we must do everything that we can to keep and get our candidate back. In office cut well we will cut off the ear of the high priest servant Mm. if that's what it takes takes. yeah right yeah um and jesus the whole time would be like what is you doing bro Mm -hmm. like like what kingdom are you fighting for i love america Mm
0: -hmm.
1: i love where i live I have no desire to live in any other country, but I am not fighting for this. I'm not fighting for this country like you, like, because I believe that in it is the hope of the world. Right. Right. Um, I'm fighting for the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God, like Paul says, is eternal. Mm-hmm. The kingdom of God is um the kingdom to which i belong um the kingdom of God encapsulates all those who believe by faith in Jesus Christ mm-hmm. um both before me and present and and coming yeah um and and I think that the christians responsibility is to ensure that we're fighting for the right
0: kingdom mm-hmm I think, like, again, we're not saying you have to be apolitical. No. Right? If you feel really called to be invested and involved and active in politics, go do it, please. Mm-hmm. Please be a spirit-filled, godly Christian yep. who goes and, and works in politics, advocates, does all of the things, Yep. but understand that there is a kingdom that is beyond this kingdom, mm-hmm. right? And I think there is a question of... Uh, Of idolatry in my mind For sure When Like And this has This has to come down to Like People's personal discernment And conviction of the Holy Spirit But like If Your Politics If politics don't go the way You want them to Or if they do If you're like You know If only Like Because I'm trying to think Like what are the idols Behind politics well, I think sometimes for people it's money because they want economic politics to go they, the way they want them to because that'll provide maybe the economic benefits they want or the at least the things they think will like um, provide that greater sense of security through economic stability. Um, I think sometimes it's a sense of control, like
1: it's power it's
0: power power and control it's, it's power which the yeah. flip side behind the idol of power and control is being is that you are ultimately controlled by fear people who really really want control of things or want power are often some of the most afraid people and uh, this is not everybody but there are there there's a subsection of people who are Conservative, I think, who are very who very much live in fear, fear of Mm -hmm. what is coming to get you, whether that is a political party or it's a company or it's the world or it's um, you, you name it, like whatever you know thing you is that you feel like is threatening you and your family. Like, I think you. Need to ask yourself seriously if you're living in a state of fear that is in contradiction to, like, trusting God and living in in Him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you see that? Do you like?
1: Yeah, I think you're. I think you're maybe taking a little bit more um, understanding approach that i would take to it i'm being nicer well i think like you're you're trying to see what is the underlying yeah like reason Mm -hmm. that i i i tend to be a little bit i don't know i tend to see it in a little bit more is that like human beings love to have the power yeah we love to be in control Mm -hmm. and even if it's just as relatively benign as my candidate won, my party is in the White House.
0: Right. Or has the Senate or has the, you know, whatever.
1: I mean, listen, let's be real, real honest about the, like, what kind of significant changes actually trickle down from the halls of Congress and the rooms of the white house to me
0: mm-hmm.
1: in a four-year span. Very few, mm-hmm. very few. Um, I'm not going to say there's a zero, right? Because there are economic policies. There are things like that that do trickle down. But so when we celebrate the, the winning of our guy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Um, we're not very few of us are celebrating the winning of the policy. That's going to be better for everyone. Yeah. The winning of the, the direction for the country. That's going to be better for everyone. Mm-hmm. We're celebrating that we won and someone else lost right. and screw everyone else, mm-hmm. you know? And that's kind of the heart that I feel and see behind the obsession of with Christians aligning themselves with a system that seeks to gain control and power Mm -hmm. rather than live subversively in the world that we have as to, to like defeat the kingdom of darkness and usher in the kingdom of light. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's not okay. Hear me when I say, I don't wish for persecution. I don't wish for removal of Christian freedom no. or religious freedom at all. Yeah, highly, highly blessed. Mm-hmm. I don't wish for any of that. But let's not pretend that we're um that we that like it is a just a flat out fact that. Um, There is, we see a revival, uh, uh, we see a revival of Christian faith in nations where political persecution for the Christian faith is the strongest and highest. Yes. Yep. The largest churches in the world, Christian churches in the world, are not in America. Right. They're in places like China. Right. um, Where the government is... Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah is the nicest thing. (laughs) I mean, like they, they
1: present a religious freedom.
0: Well, yeah. As long as your church is underneath government authority, Mm -hmm. then you can meet. But if you like the Christians did in Rome, the early church, when they were like, no, like we have another Lord that is not Caesar. Right. If you're going to stand that ground, you end up in the underground church in China, which China does not treat very nicely.
1: No. Um, um, so, yeah, you know, yeah. The places in the world where Christianity is governmentally opposed the most has the most vibrant Christian community. That yeah. community is largely underground, mm-hmm. but we see an extraordinarily, extraordinarily explosion of personal revival and personal transformation and personal salvation that comes to places like that. Why is that? Hmm. I wonder maybe because the Christians in those places are not concerned at all about playing a game where they leverage their governmental political Mm -hmm. candidate for their own, spiritual personal reasons and they are solely focused on the building of the kingdom that moth and rust will not destroy yeah. and that thieves will not break in and steal yeah um and what do you know when the church organizes itself around that kingdom it grows with extraordinary measure yeah um
0: well i i think it's really interesting because in like, I'm going to take a little bit of liberty here. Um, but in some sense, like churches like in China where it's not, you know, the underground church is fighting for the freedom to not have to put that nation's flag on the stage.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Whereas like then here, what is often happening is when, where we do have the freedom to not have to fly a nation's flag we, for some reason, then choose to put that flag on our stage, stage. in some places. Yeah. Um, or there was a church I, uh, I, I w- went uh, attended a church once and never really had been there before. Came in, it was Memorial Day, and there was up front what many many churches have is like the uh, the table for um, oh, communion.
1: Don't say it. Please don't say it.
0: It says, do this in remembrance of me on the front. And they had every single military seal and flag and thing displayed on that table. And then the worship leader got up there and said something about... um, Something equating Christ's sacrifice to military, like, sacrifice. Like, making that kind of analysis. Um, Hmm. And I was like... This,
1: t- forgive us, Lord.
0: Yeah, like
1: forgive us, Lord.
0: <laughs> and, and I don't say that again. Like I'm not saying that to kind of lessen the service of veterans or Absolutely the importance not. of that, no. mm-hmm. but like, y- y- they're none of them are Jesus. That like that table <laughs> and what's supposed to go on there, what we're supposed to be doing in remembrance is in remembrance of one death, mm-hmm. like. And and that I was just like, uh, uh, like, like, and I'm sure that they maybe weren't thinking in the terms like I, I don't think the intentionality was there. They probably
1: there. weren't thinking theologically. They're probably just trying to honor those who had given right. themselves in service of their country. And they were just
0: like, "Oh, the table's up there. We'll just which use is the extraordinarily
1: table." Extraordinarily admirable, right? Like, and honoring, and I want to honor those things as, as well. But right. like, Jesus would have flipped that table over. Yeah. Or I say he would have flipped the table over, but
0: <laughs> I think you would have. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> Maybe but Cameron would have. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, I thought you were going to say that you walked in and then like over, the like communion elements they had the American flag oh, gosh, or like no, no, over no. the altar it was the American flag. You know?
0: No, um, so. no, but I feel like that is still like, it's in the same it vein. It is in the same vein. And it is like, and I do feel like that to, to me, that's how it feels when you have an American flag up yeah. on the corner of your stage. Um, like t- t- there's one kingdom. Yep. And it's invisible, and so don't even get me started on the Christian flag, yeah, <laughs> because it's invisible. Yeah. So,
1: but right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Christian flag, right? right. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I. It can be frustrating.
0: It can. I, you know, and it's a, you know, and it's really interesting. I feel like Trump's first election in 2016 is at least the beginning point for a lot of people who are around my age or a little bit younger of when they started to kind of deconstruct Christianity.
1: Yep. It was,
0: it was a bit of a watershed point for people and and it was even for me because I was very confused because I saw a lot of people, some religious le- leader, or some religious leaders who I knew personally, who had an impact on my early faith development, were hitching themselves so strongly to a political candidate, to political ideals and rhetoric, and I was very confused because some of the things I was seeing were not demonstrating like the fruits of the spirit um, were just like being kind of profane or being, you know, and, and at least from my vantage point, like you could disagree with me and like, Mm -hmm. maybe we could have a conversation about it, but my uncut honest opinion is that, Trump was mostly pandering towards Christians. I, I don't think like again like I don't know is Trump Christian? Not really my decision to decide. But like if you were to ask me, I don't. It's hard
1: to examine fruit from fifty thousand feet away, right? Right.
0: But from my vantage point, it very much looked like it was like he is a plot. He is pandering. Towards the demographic that is going to get him elected, which are, like, very conservative and religious individuals. Mm -hmm. And it felt very much like just a constant facade. Mm -hmm. And, And so from my vantage point, I was seeing all these religious leaders who I looked up to following someone that seemed to me not to be the most genuine or even to have, like, the best the character qualifications I felt had been held up to me my entire life and childhood of Mm -hmm. saying, a Christian leader looks like this. And when I looked at him, I was like, I see some significant gaps here. Mm -hmm. And now I'm left here wondering, well, what does that mean about my faith if some of the religious leaders and faith leaders I looked to are now like hitching themselves so strongly in this direction? What does it say about, the foundation of my faith Mm -hmm. and the decisions. And that was the same thing I think a lot of people experienced and a lot of people deconstructed to either a degree or entirely their faith. And some of the watershed of that was some of what was happening in and around there.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I would agree. Yeah. Well, I don't know that I have much else to say on the matter at this (laughs) point. Um, I think most of what I said last week encapsulated my general thoughts and feelings. And this was kind of like just an extended commentary on this particular branch of like Christian practice, which just assumes that, you know, that our, our, that our citizenship in America is primary to our citizenship in heaven but it still informs it. So we should pick the candidate that we feel most accurately um like understands us. But like, if the message is like an anti-establishment, we're angry. Let's all be angry together and just say what we say what we feel all the time without even really thinking about the consequences of how it represents the name and character of Christ, right then I think we have a lot of examination to do about our relationship with Jesus. So. Yeah.
0: I think, like, to summarize my point, because maybe I made a bunch of people mad um, <laughs> who've listened, and maybe they've stopped listening. But, like, it just—I don't think we get to be the deciders of who has God's endorsement. mm hmm if you like like i said you, we you should vote your conscience you should vote who you think is going to be the best candidate yeah. like you should do all of those things and you should do so well but i just I, i'm i'm so so hesitant to to turn to anybody even if like my ideal candidate like the candidate who like i think would be the best candidate in the entire world they've like like they, they were a pastor before they went into politics, and they have daily devos and all that, like, they're just the absolute mm-hmm. person, perfect person, I think, right? I still don't, I would not put my stamp and say, this is God's candidate. Right. Because I don't think I have the authority to do that. No. And so when I'm, like, all the, you know, all the things I've been saying, I think, on this episode has been trying to say that. Like, mm-hmm. can we stop? tying christ can we stop trying to tie christ to people mm-hmm. that are not him mm-hmm. and assume that we know god's will
1: right right agreed so thanks for listening to part yeah. two yeah um feel free to send in questions comments uh to our text line 716 And uh, we'd love it if you would like and subscribe, share it, comment on it, wherever you listen. And we will catch you on the next episode.
0: Yep. We'll see you all then.